I couldn't be religious and gay. It was impossible. I was being marketed as some sort of like teenage it girl. When a girl kissed me on my 18th birthday, a whole other world opened up to me. I was a minor nuisance. Eight Australians will tell you about the choices that have led them to unexpected places. These are some of the stories you will hear on Let Me Tell You, a podcast where real people tell incredible real stories. Look for Let Me Tell You and follow wherever you get your podcasts. Are you insane? You didn't get in the truck. Thoughts? You don't own me. I'm not your property. So take a shift a little bitty eye over me. You know all of this ends with you dying on the ground in front of her. Welcome back to Eyes on Gilead, our weekly podcast dedicated to The Handmaid's Tale. There is a lot going on in this show and we think it helps to talk it out after every episode drops on SBS and at SBS On Demand. And we hope you agree. I'm Fiona Williams. I manage our online coverage of movies and TV here at SBS. And I'm joined by my colleagues and fellow resistors, Natalie Handley from SBS Life. Hi. Hello. Sana Kadar from ABC Life. Hi. Hello. And Haiti Island from SBS On Demand. Hi. Hello. And... Uh, we have just watched episodes one and two of The Handmaid's Tale season three. Yeah. So that's a quick word. If you haven't watched both episodes, episode one and two, you better because <laughs> <laughs> otherwise this is going to be riddled with spoils for you. Yes. So we are going to be recapping episodes one and two. But first, it has been a while. So mm. uh, let's do a quick around the room of what we've been up to in these Middle months. Ah, okay, me first. <laughs> sure. You, you were looking at me. So <laughs> I'll just, go for it. Okay, I'll go for it. Uh, well, I'm no longer at SBS. I'm at ABC now. But I've, one of the things I've done is gone back to Gilead, not once, but twice. I've been back to the town that's like the <laughs> oh, serious set. Yeah, yeah, twice. So I was back in Canada in October as well and had another little trip because my husband was with me this time and I was like, you have to see this town. It's beautiful. <laughs> I never discovered it until the show started airing. Um, so, is it actually beautiful or is it a little bit creepy now? No. No, it's beautiful. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, sure, it's creepy if you want to, like, the wall is creepy. I'll the say, wall. I'll give you that. The yeah, the wall yes, by the do. river is very creepy. Walking along that is pretty surreal. But the town itself is, is actually lovely. Very, very nice. I've taken my mother. I've taken my brother. I've taken my husband. <laughs> I'm going to take <laughs> She's organizing all tours of Australia. <laughs> so what's actually, like, what's the name of the town and whereabouts? Is it's it? uh, Cambridge, Ontario, near Toronto, not too far from Toronto. And so you walked over the bridge where, um, oh, my gosh, I've just forgotten her name, where she... It's just to jump off. Yeah, Janine. yeah, the bridge with those white arches. Um, yeah. And the view that they always sort of show looking over the river with the two church steeples. You know, mm. I've stood on that bridge as well. I've walked along the wall down by the water. I haven't been to the market. They also shoot at the market down there. Loads and fishes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and the residents, you know, they all seem happy and free. <laughs> they are all very happy and very free, very Canadian. and well, Lots yeah. of different colours of clothing. Yeah, yeah, of yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> I, was, I was actually wearing a red jacket when I was there. No. So I, was, I was the one yeah. looking most, you know, gilly-hattier. This is not great for audio, but you are wearing a maroon top. As I, I didn't plan this, yeah, but I, yeah, I'm kind of red on red today. 
Natalie, what oh, have you gosh, been up no, to? Right, like mine is now so boring. Nothing. I've done okay. nothing. I've just been traumatised <laughs> by watching Game of Thrones and now I'm ready for this. I'm so ready for this. <laughs> right into it. Yes. <laughs> you are a sucker for punishment. Uh, Haiti Island, what have you been up to? <laughs> I've, I've been doing a bit of an Yvonne Strahovski. I've had a baby, <laughs> which I'm currently holding. <laughs> you sure have. You may you may hear some gurgles and baby, baby cries here and there. But, um, yeah, she's three weeks old. And uh, baby girl, a little Aww. girl, yeah. Um, I didn't call her Nicole <laughs> or Holly, <laughs> or, Holly. <laughs> or Angela, or... <laughs> but she's keeping me very busy. But I'm glad I'm here. Well, we are very glad to have you back. Plus one. <laughs> and what have you been up to? Well, Haiti, you may have made a person in the meantime. <laughs> um, I went on the set of The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, my God. So, so jealous. Oh, you're not going to forget that. I'm going to drop that at various points yeah. throughout yeah. the season. So I'm going to be pretty obnoxious about that. Sorry. We're going to have a lot of interviews interwoven into the episodes this season. Um, I was very lucky to get onto the set. Um, we were very jealous. <laughs> well. Can you say what set you were on? Was there? Yeah. Uh, I was inside Commander Lawrence's house. <gasps> oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That layer of okay. horribleness. Yeah. It's quite beautiful. It looks like a very beautiful house. Oh, hang on. Lawrence, not Lawrence. Lawrence, no, not, that, that one's all right. Yes, <laughs> not uh, not the late great, yeah, <laughs> not yeah. so great Waterford <laughs> mansion. Uh, no, Lawrence's house with all the eclectic artwork mm. and uh, lots of books, uh, yeah. as we've discussed, and also a sitting room that they've created for company, for receiving company that's not as eclectic and unusual and eyebrow-raising. So as more public-facing. Very much yet. so, mm. yes, yes. And I was in his office and there was a map on the wall. <gasps> Oh, and what did you learn about the reaches of Gilead? Not allowed to take photos, um, was, but committed like, it all to memory. No, no, I wasn't allowed to sign my life away in that respect. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So it was incredible and have had a few spoilers about upcoming episodes, so I will not be um, predicting what's going to okay. happen. I was going right. to ask, have you been sworn to secrecy? <laughs> oh, yeah. How much are you allowed to say? Yeah, nothing. Oh, <laughs> Only so when you it just happens. get to laugh as we come up with all of our crazy ideas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Anywho, also a bit of uh, collective news about what we've been up to since we last connected. We won a little award. And the final asylum, or is, or the winner is, I need a drink. Eyes on Gilead. Good day. Um, Eyes on Gilead won Best Fan Cast at the Australian Podcast Awards. So thank you so much, everyone who put in a vote for the popular vote, because we came 25th there as well. Um, Amazing. And, uh, yeah, truly, thank you, everyone, who's really taken the show. We are surprised and delighted by the, uh, by the response to this. It's incredible. So anyway, thank you so much. Anywho, we have just watched episodes one and two of season three of The Handmaid's Tale. And episode one opens with a wrenching recap of the last season. Mm-hmm. Just, <laughs> yeah, a mile a minute. All the throws you back in there. Yeah. <laughs> I love that they included Serena and Fred fighting. Yes. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could watch that a fair bit. So, yes, the tearful union with Hannah, the dramatic escape and non-escape at the end of yeah. last season. So, anywho, let's get into it with episode one. That one's called Night and we open literally at the end of... Mm. The previous season. I do love how they do that. It's like... Yeah, me too. You're straight <laughs> yeah. back there. Yeah. Back there. Yeah, you, if you're binging all the seasons at once, you, it's moments later. Mm. So in this, the season three premiere, June embarks on a bold mission with unexpected consequences. I can't leave without her. Emily and Nicole make a harrowing journey. You're safe now, and we're very glad you're here. And the Waterfords reckon with Serena Joy's choice to send Nicole away. 
I sent her away, Fred. It was my choice. I drove you to desperation. Where do we begin? Oh, my gosh, so much. <laughs> yeah, all of it. I was a bit shocked that she was going straight back to the Waterford house, really. I didn't kind of imagine that. I thought that she wouldn't. I thought that she might not ever see them ever again. Yeah. Well, she did make the pit stop, remember? She did make the pit stop. <laughs> and it wasn't her intention to go back to the Waterford. Yeah. I was impressed that Commander Lawrence just seemed to circle the block like he almost knew she wasn't going to go. I think like, he probably saw well, her running. Yeah, what was he doing? <laughs> yeah, I think um, he saw her racing towards and then missing him but making sure his contraband made it out of the country is what he was doing <laughs> yeah, yeah but I was thinking in this episode you know it's the first episode back and I'm gonna be strong and I was crying within five were minutes. you yes oh I my didn't god cry, actually. once she was seeing Hannah and she mm. was standing by Hannah's bed and I just went that is all I ever wanted from season two season two Aww. I think like every episode all I ever said was where's Hannah when is she gonna get Hannah mm. and I went they just went straight to her like the episode mm. opened and they just went straight to my Trigger point, basically. Yeah. <laughs> just like, oh, my God. <laughs> well, you would. I mean, she was still planning to go. She was just making a pit stop to pick up Hannah and then get the hell out. Yeah. So it's pretty gut- gut-wrenching when you started to hear the sirens in, in the house. Yes. And she, yeah. you know, goes back outside and puts her hands on her head and you're like, no. Yeah. yeah. So, so close. close. So I close. know. Yeah. Yeah. Funny, that moment by the bedside, that was one for the show. <laughs> it wasn't so much for Hannah. I mean, Hannah was asleep. But mm. <laughs> would you kneel there and... Whisper to a sleeping child, I'd wake her up and say, don't ever forget me. Yeah, <laughs> I know. You know. That was very magnanimous of her, but I'd be like, wake up, baby girl. Yeah. <laughs> I love you and I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not just tying a subtle thing of a wool, little string but, yeah, on your wrist. Yeah. yeah. No, but uh, anyway, one for the show. I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised by, um, it, it's the Mackenzie household, isn't it? Yes. Yep. So I was surprised by the wife's reaction when they finally confronted each other. She like was willing to engage and chat about Hannah and... This you know, is what's quite, yeah. This is so mm, confronting yeah. for me because almost, we yeah. sort of hated them all this time and think that Hannah is trapped and living a horrible life and that she needs to get out of there. And it was really confronting to find out that like her adoptive mother really loves Hannah, clearly knows her very well, mm-hmm. cares about all of her interests, and it's actually telling June, kind of like gaslighting her in a way, saying she's like, like you're actually harming her now. Yeah, you know? I know yeah, that was a good was... line. Like you're confusing her. You're being cruel confusing her like this. I'm confusing her. (laughs) Yeah, that was a lot. And there was, she said one thing that Nick sort of mirrors later on where um, she was like, you know how this ends, don't you? You, yes. you get shot mm. and you die on the ground in front of her. And then so, Nick later was like, you're going to die in here. A lot of people said it to her. <laughs> I know, and it actually reminded me of something one of you, Natalie, or Fiona said last last year yeah. where I was like, when is she going to get out? I'm so ready to see her be happy. And you were like, you know how this ends. <laughs> I think this ends with her dying. And I was like, no. And then Not the like characters, me, I don't. <laughs> but the characters were, this was last season, way I before yeah, you yeah, ever yeah. visited yeah. The, the set. But I was like, it just reminded me of that. I was like, oh my God, please, please don't this be the end. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. It would be very dramatic and probably makes sense for her to die in mm. there, but um, mm-hmm. I certainly hope that's not the case. Yeah. Um, fun fact, though, Mrs. Mackenzie, mm. do you know the actress Amy Landica? No. Is Bradley Whitford, Commander Lawrence's fiance? Oh, no. really? Yes. Oh, they knew. Right. Okay. Yes. I mean, and an established... <laughs> they've clearly known each other before the show. I was like, did they meet on the show? That'd be a quick engagement. <laughs> yeah. I, I you know, may know her from Transparent um, as well. Ah, yeah. okay. Yeah. TV actress, That's not right. just his fiance. Fun fact, indeed. No, I'm yeah. good. Just thought nice little trivia to pop so he's in. He's like, yeah, I'll go to the Mackenzie's. <laughs> Spunky. 
Yeah, he, he went though, didn't he? He sort of dropped off and. I'll take you to McKenzie. Yeah, well, I guess when the sirens were coming, you would hot foot it out of there, wouldn't you? Mm. And then she gets transported straight back to the Waterford house. Yeah. Right. Yes. That's what happened next. Yeah. She's right back there. Which was delicious. Um, <laughs> and there's a lot of vans in this episode. <laughs> sort of, yeah. um, it struck me that opening shot, which was, I loved with the music, it was quite mm-hmm. moving, of Emily very vulnerable and visible in the back of a van with a baby in the bright red. So visible. Yes. Mm-hmm. With that white hood and the baby yes. in the white outfit. The lights were on in the van. Hey, <gasps> switch off the lights. <laughs> <laughs> but then there would be no shot to see. I know. <laughs> yes. Another one for us, I suppose. But yeah, lots of vans and lots of, you know, the, the drone shot of the vans yeah. and the cars driving away. I just thought, anyway. I, I thought, <laughs> you know what I noticed? Lots of doors, lots of shots framed with doors, like not even necessarily the actors positioned in the doorways. Like, for example, Mm -hmm. when June was like being hauled out of the Mackenzie house, she stopped to ask about Hannah and like she's framed perfectly by the doorway to the dining room. And like this Mm -hmm. happens many times. There's Mm -hmm. Nick and June um, framed in a doorway. There's um, plenty of times. And like doorways have significance and a function in literature as liminal spaces, as sort of like barriers to another world. And, Mm -hmm. And so I actually, I remember this from my English class back in like university. And so I did a quick Google and I looked at a journal article which like described the function of doors in the literature. And this is what it said, because it's bang on for what mm. The Handmaid's Tale mm-hmm. is all about. Doorways function, liminal spaces function as um, a way to challenge hierarchies, reimagine connections between individuals, return voices to people who have lost them. Mm. Like this what? is what the yeah. symbolism of doorways <laughs> and liminal spaces means in literature. And like, hello, there mm. were so, if you look, like every shot is a doorway. Well, Mrs. <laughs> McKenzie gets the Guardian to shut the door when they have yeah, their internet yeah, moment as yeah. well. And yeah. June pauses at the, I mean, that one's a bit more obvious. She pauses at the door, leaving after it's yeah. burnt down um, yeah. at the end of the show. But um, going lots of places in this There's one. just a lot of framing of characters within doorways. Yes. I don't know if maybe I'm reading too much in that. Into that, no, I, no, I no, totally. no, they're very much big on this in yeah. this series. Yes, yeah. I was, I was grappling the... with, you know, am I am I being crazy? Is this for, is it just doorways? Like, you know, they're in a the house. It's just a door. door. <laughs> it's just a door. Yeah. It doesn't mean more. Again, with the door. So much about the series is about sort of the difference between public and private appearances yeah. and you know, personal and public agendas of each of the characters, that there is a lot of this. Yeah. What's and she's on the threshold closed doors. of freedom. Absolutely. Mm. And the doorway is the threshold yeah. to a new world. We Anyways. get it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just jokes. Um, speaking of public and private, she puts it back to the Waterfords and doesn't she look thrilled about pulling up at the <laughs> curb? And doesn't Nick look thrilled to see <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> Not loving that. And as we, you know, this is literally... The morning after the night before, the morning after. Mm. That's the day yeah. Serena lost her finger and then mm-hmm. gave away a baby and no wonder she's looking <laughs> Was that the same day? She lost, was it that? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. that's a big day. Full on yeah. experience. <laughs> so I was really surprised. I've been, I've been trying to think about all these months that we've had to think about season three. Yeah. I was trying to think, I wonder what Serena's reaction is going to be. Mm. Mm. Wasn't what I expected. How, how so? I thought that she would blame June for the whole thing. I thought that she would have changed her mind I, ah, right. and mm. um, that it would be her and the commander together acting against June. And so I was very surprised and very, very pleased when like Serena instead just sort of took it straight mm. to Fred and blamed mm. him. And I was like, oh, yeah, I like this. This is good. Yeah, mm. I think I, I remember making some kind of prediction last season that Jean and Serena would become allies or yeah, work together yeah, a little bit. That. And I get a sense that mm-hmm. that might actually 
happen on a certain level. I'm they're not going to be best buddies, but yeah, it was a really intimate moment. Totally. I, yeah. I liked how the scene opened with Fred just screaming at June and, you know, telling her that she's going to get them all hung on the wall and June completely ignores him and address and goes straight to Serena and addresses Serena instead and says, like, don't worry, our baby will be safe, you know, and just completely ignores Fred. It's just all about that relationship between yeah. Serena and June and it's strangely intimate. Yeah. yeah. Hugging. Well, and well, first the screaming, I you know, I hope yeah. it feels like... You know, when that Hannah was, was ripped from me. Well, that comes. Yeah, that's that was the Needs best line. To be said, yeah, of course, it? totally. That was and a then good how line. <laughs> it was like yeah, bullseye. It was a fantastic line, wasn't it? And then, but then that melts into a hug, and they're like, you know, it's yeah. friendship and hate and sisterhood and all this stuff wrapped into that moment. And Fred's just watching on impotently, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. which yes. is a, yeah, a great word for him. Like, <laughs> truly, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then Nick escorts her back up the stairs and has a few choice words for her. Yeah. You're so fucking selfish. There won't be another chance, you know that? Super understandable. I know. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I think too. <laughs> a few of us probably said that when we watched the last yeah. uh, episode of this last season. And I thought it was a very Nick reaction too. It was very contained. Yeah. Like he didn't really touch her at all and he wasn't like wildly sort of getting mad or angry or no. hitting a wall or anything. It was... Just sort of He's I very think, stoic that Nick mostly. Yeah. yeah very <laughs> much. Devastated on the inside. Yeah. 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 Of course he calls her selfish. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I thought interesting Rita doesn't get a look in much in this episode I as well. Know. I mean if yeah, anyone really see her she's, closing the car door when um, Yeah, she's the there's two shots, I think, but yeah, no dialogue. Yeah, so right. which, you know, is the Martha way, I suppose. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Rita doesn't get to have that moment with June. But it's also... Yeah, that's right, because she was instrumental in her escape as well. That's yeah. right. And it, it's the two men who have a go at her for not leaving. Like, it's Lawrence at the start saying, you insane, you didn't get in. Oh, yeah. And then it's Nick, you know, the fuck are you doing? Serena <laughs> didn't care about her being back. She just cared about <laughs> leaving the, the baby. Where's the kid? It's <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then Nick and Serena... He lights a cigarette for her by the yeah, window. I was like, what is happening to this relationship? Yeah. This For me, it's kind of like that household is just so toxic and they're all entwined in it. So it's not like it's Fred and Serena against June. She's in the mix and they're all in it together and it's sort of that house against the world, you know, trying to hide their secrets. Mm. And so, like, Nick is a part of that as well. And I think, um, yeah, the fact that Rita was still there and kind of that we didn't really hear from her is almost was telling us everything's fine with her as well. She's still part of that sort of toxic mix. Yeah. So weird. Yeah. I did like the cigarette though, like where the smoke is fire. (laughs) There is going to be a Oh, yes. That's so (laughs) true. Yeah. That's hilarious. a little bit, uh, just wait a couple of scenes, kids. (laughs) Should we we talk about um, the burning down? Absolutely, sure. Burn, motherfucker. Burn. So it obviously, it came after the fight that Serena and Fred had where he's like, I'm responsible in a way. It was basically what he was saying. Because she, she kept saying, you know, it was my choice. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, I pushed you to the brink. And it's like, it's kind of farcical how far the guys will go to strip women of agency. He's still taking away her power. Yeah. I know. And she's like, uh, she's not having it, clearly. Yeah. And it's after that. And she's like, I don't need to protect you. You don't need to protect me. And after that is when she burns the house down, literally. Yeah. She's over it. Yeah, well, <laughs> basically. Because so he was like, saying, God has made me master of an incredible woman. And yeah, making about you, I promise things will be normal again. Like that's, he's, that's he's it. assuring her it's going to get Which back she's to... like, fuck no. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, um, but, you know, she put, gets her hair right and puts the shoes back on and gets herself nice. 
and then tortures the place. <laughs> I just love how it shows again that like Fred has no power here. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Again, he thinks he's all over it. Really isn't. Yeah. And again, the way that scene was shot of them having that conversation, you know, she's looking in a mirror. Yeah. He's he walks into the shadows there and is sitting lower than her. Like just the, the way that the language of that scene yeah. was, was I love that. Nice. So what did she like why did she do it? Like I I wasn't sure whether she was intending to go down in flames with the house as well or because Oh, no, no. It's, I think she just, I think I think literally him saying things will go back to how they were was like a step too far. She's like, shit, now I can't go back to that kind of life. And she needed to make some sort of drastic change. I don't know. Remember, this has been the worst day. Yeah. <laughs> Into, mm. yeah, it's, yeah. It's all within a 24-hour period, really. It's like, was it even strategic to sort of throw something yeah. else in the mix to um, get the focus off the baby? Yeah. Could be. Yeah. yeah all of that. Um, I wasn't expecting her to burn the house down. Mm. Literally. I think it's, it's it's funny that the end credits of the last season were um, that song burning, burning down the house. Ah, oh, oh yes. were they? Yes. It was. When we had our interview with Bruce Miller, uh, I remember asking him, is it safe to say Serena and the Waterford household are going to stick around for a while? Uh, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, uh, Serena, yes. The Waterford household, maybe not so much. Yeah, and we all took it kind of metaphorically, like the relationship <laughs> yeah, was right. going to break down, but he was just being literal, like the actual house was going to yeah, break down. So we had all these hints and we kind of... Um, that yeah. wasn't even a and hint. Then, that was just... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He's sort of saying Serena will burn the house down in episode one. Yeah. yeah, it was funny seeing the house burn down and having all that click in my head and going like, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> so where the hell do they go to live now? I mean, I guess they get another beautiful Victorian. <laughs> He's a commander. <laughs> It'll all be okay. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be all right. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, we cut to Emily, mm. who eventually gets to Canada mm, after yes. a bit of a... Heart-stopping. So I did probably a, I did a little bit of weird Sorry, Heidi, you are clutching a baby well. right now. Talking about that. You did what? Sorry? I did a bit of weird Googling here as well. Oh, yeah. Because tell. the image of all that water from the fire trucks going into the house, and yes. I was thinking, oh, all this water is going into the Waterford house. And I was like, what does Waterford even mean? And then when I was looking it up, the word ford means like a shallow crossing over a river. And I just went, oh, oh Emily, for her to escape and get to Canada, she had to cross a ford. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a water Literally. ford. Literally. <laughs> yes. That's I was nice. Like, yeah, I was like, oh, that's perfect. But that was a proper heart-stopping moment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And why do the Canadian police have the same radio sounds as, like, the eyes of Gilead? I was, <laughs> that was like, just what? <laughs> I know. That's not okay. Yeah, I yeah. did like her face when he was like, would you like to take asylum? Yeah. Yes, very oh. much so, please. And when the camera swings to the Canadian flag, I swelled with pride. Oh. <laughs> it was such a good moment. I mean, like, she's gone through so much. Just seeing something good happen for yeah. Emily is, is such a relief. And I think the other thing that made that a heartbreaking moment for me is because, you know, Australia treats our own asylum seekers so badly. Mm. Like, seeing that moment where she gets, you know, us, if she wants to seek asylum in Canada, kind of just broke my heart because mm. of our own situation with it's asylum kind of seekers. where, you know, women that can't get in here. I'm thinking of that Saudi woman who um, wanted to come here. Yes. His name I'm blanking on right now. She ended up in Canada. Like, mm. everyone loves Canada. <laughs> Emily was treated with such kindness and care and I was thinking, oh, she deserves it. You know, yeah. she needs it. She is traumatised. Yeah. And the Emily June playing them off as sort of the, the light and shade of each other constantly, they have similar storylines. I think I mentioned mm. this last year, but mm. you even see them both wrapped in a blanket and with much different receptions. Yeah. And, you know, they have swapped essentially because June was meant to get out, but Emily is gone with June's baby. And, yeah, their storylines throughout have always 
been similar but with vastly different circumstances. And mm. Emily's always had the worst mm-hmm. version of terrible circumstances anyway. Yeah. yeah, so now she's on this path of quote-unquote freedom, but we'll get to how she's dealing with that or not dealing with it. But, yeah, the way they literally transpose Emily and mm. June when they're swaddled in the blankets. June's sitting out the front of the burning <laughs> the burning <laughs> mansion. <laughs> Emily is getting an incredible reception as she walks into yeah, the hospital yeah. with a baby. There's a baby that's gotten out of Gilead now. It's not yeah. just the runaways. And they all yeah. clapped. That was yeah, nice. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah. And from that burning rubble of the house back to, is it the Rachel Centre? What is it? The Red Centre. The, the Red, Red Centre. Centre. Yeah. Of course. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> well, we are looking for Lydia I'm, in the background. Oh, yeah. <laughs> primed for torture porn after the opening last season. Yeah, absolutely. So was I. They, they moved out of there real quick without yeah. much and at all. And she kind of got let off easy. I think I think Aunt Lydia makes the comment later that whatever aunt was in charge yeah. let her off easy because yeah, she wasn't around too. and yeah. that definitely felt like it was true. Well, yes. her, her feet looked pretty bad and I was just so grateful that we didn't have to yeah. see it or hear it. Like I was waiting yeah. to hear the screams yeah. and I was so glad that they didn't actually come. Yeah. I'm going to drop those on the set here, guys. I don't know if I've ah! that. <laughs> they, they are mindful of um, doing too much of that. Yeah, exactly. So uh, this this one was more, uh, you see the consequence rather than yeah. the event. Because it is the one. lasting criticism of the show for people who aren't into it, that they yeah. can't handle that and it's yeah. too much. And I think uh, just anecdotally, I think people who did drop out last season dropped out because it just got too violent at times. So... Maybe they've taken note. The writers' room have taken note. <laughs> Although Wise. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll see some more violence. Well, maybe yeah, I mean, it's there. not really going to off a few episodes <laughs> to ease us in. It did. It did though. Like I was thinking, we don't have Aunt Lydia, but now we have three of her. You know, <laughs> I thought it was kind of a nice reminder that it's not just Aunt Lydia who's the bad one. Mm. Like it's it's there all these others. women who are in that role. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. and they were younger too, actually, some of them this time. And I was I was that was quite jarring because I just imagined the aunts as being older. Mm. Mm-hmm. But she's not there very long. Like it, it, Then she's off to a new posting. Surprise! It's Lawrence. Uh, no surprise. I was actually, yeah, yeah, we exactly. all kind of guessed yeah. that was going to no happen. Yeah. I was being a guess. Because <laughs> he does love a shitty handmaid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true. The use of the wings to remind you that she can't see anything under there. So yeah. <laughs> she didn't, the look of surprise on her face at least when he spoke, she hadn't cottoned on because she hasn't been there I guess yeah she hasn't has she no why would she yeah Mm. so then that's how we end it you're not gonna be in any trouble are you no sir so next up episode two and this one is called Mary and Martha so June helps the Marthas with a dangerous task come on Breaking Bad let's go while also navigating a relationship with her pious and untrustworthy new walking partner blessed be the fruit May the Lord open. Meanwhile, across the border, Emily and Luke struggle with their altered circumstances. She's got family in Canada, though, right? So when's she going to let them know that she's here? And we get some Lydia. A routine visit to see how our girl is settling into her new household. We get some Lydia. It's brief, but she's brutal as ever. She's (laughs) back and angrier and confirmed that she's survived the stabbing. Yes. Yes, She bounced back quickly. (laughs) She's wounded, but she's inflicting a few of those too. He's tough as old birds. Yeah. (laughs) It's good to have her back. (laughs) (laughs) So the next one opens, June is on the street corner. It's a eye of God kind of shot that comes right Mm. down. She could be anyone, but then it's June. You see the costume before you see her. And then, of course, it's the walking parties heading to Lowes and Fishers and we meet her new walking partner. (laughs) (laughs) 
they're not getting along all that no. famously. Is she is she being performatively pious, like a lot of them are, or <laughs> is she reads were a little self aware? I thought so. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, we don't know her yet. Not yet. Yeah, she's. I think it'd be pretty sad if they finally have another woman of colour as a handmaid and they make her evil. (laughs) Please don't do that. I don't think she's evil. I think she's probably playing the game. Yeah, of Matthew she is. So, yeah. Have we come across a handmaid yet that is pious? That doesn't work? Actually, yeah, happy to be a handmaid. Have we come across a convinced handmaid yet? I don't think so. I think she's probably playing. Yeah, I don't think anyone's loving it. Mm. And I did note that the comment that June makes about her after their first walk together is that she's a pious little shit. Yeah. Which is exactly the same line she used for Emily when she first met Emily and she thought she was a pious little shit. So that kind of made me think, oh... I reckon this is a little bit of a repeated yeah. situation and well, of Matthew is going to reveal herself as as not the pious little shit that yeah, June thinks yeah. she is. Well, June was calling herself the pious little shit, like who's the pious little shit now? Because oh. she called her on, well, I'm of, jo- of Joseph now. Like it was mm-hmm. the, the name game kind of thing because uh, right. she was blaming of the Joseph, formerly oh, Emily. God, see, this is the most confusing the- system. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, keep up. Uh, <laughs> it, did, it did strike me that of Matthew telling June that little nugget of information that of Joseph had taken off with the baby was potentially a way to communicate that information to June if June wasn't aware of that, oh, to kind of right. tell her what the official story was. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, that's you interesting. Never know. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's all sizing each other up, isn't it? Because mm. you never know who's going to rat you out. The way this one starts and with June's monologue about seeds. I used to be bad at waiting. They also serve who stand and wait, Aunt Lydia said. She also said, not all of you will make it through. Some of you will fall on dry ground or thorns. Some of you are shallow-rooted. Think of yourselves as seeds. What kind of seed will you be, girls? And she pretends she's a tree and she waits. And this whole idea of seeds and And the way they look at networks here, like the community of Mm. everyone sizing each other up here and June's making that connection with Martha's eventually is... Good one. I like this. This is kind of we're back on. Yeah, <laughs> this right. Is one of your more the early one was like the welcome back everyone. Now we're now we're right now into we're some plot. And yeah, exactly. Plotting mm, the revolution, character developments. And, yeah, that's great. <laughs> so then they head off to loaves and fishes. Who is that other handmaid that she colludes with? Oh, at Alma. Yeah, Alma. Alma. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But they're spotted. Do you need help with something? No, thank you. Yeah. 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 Gossiping. Gossiping. Mm. Can't have any networks. Uh, Yeah, and that has some repercussions for June later. I think Alma makes an interesting comment while they're at the grocery store that the Marthas don't trust the handmaids anymore, which suggests that there may have been a bit of a shift since season two when they were willing to help the handmaids or help June specifically and that that relationship may have gone sour a little bit. So I'm interested to see what happens yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, quite possibly because she didn't actually go. <laughs> like, <it's> a, <laughs> well, I would be annoyed if I was a Martha. <laughs> yeah. And from there, of course, it's back to her new house, new digs at Lawrence's house with her new Martha, Cora. Cora. And there's another Martha, Beth, as is the well. Young, is she Beth, the younger Beth one? Beth is, is the, the younger one. With yes. both her eyes still intact. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> okay. Yes. I like her. She's spunky. It seemed kind of fun last season, that household. You know, like it was unexpected. I remember Cora was talking back to Commander Lawrence in Mm. a way that was really refreshing. Mm. So I was a bit surprised actually how dark Commander Lawrence is in a way that I was a bit disappointed by. Mm. Like I thought that he might be a bit more fun. But um, it's sort of this interesting dynamic where Commander Lawrence seems to have taken a shining to June because she is willing to tell him the truth 
where yeah. his Martha's consistently lie to him and he, he clearly has, has some involvement in the resistance but does not like when his Martha's have involvement in the resistance that he doesn't know about, yeah. which makes me think he might have some higher level influence and he doesn't want the Martha's messing messing that up with oh, their right. kind of low-level Martha resistance. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. You know, like, there is a grand plan here. You know? yeah. There yeah. Was, yeah, there was a line when June you said, well, me. you saved me and you didn't know no, me. No. And he's like, oh, is that what, what you think? think? Yeah, yeah, yeah like, true. Oh, okay. What does he know about June? Yeah, what was that about? Mm. Yeah, I think we'll learn that. And Lydia comes and pays a visit to see this how June's getting so on. so good. <laughs> oh, I love She's that so much. She's only on screen for Such five minutes. Such a nutter, that woman. Like, yeah. She acted the hell out of her. I know. <laughs> no. She worked every one of those minutes on screen. I love the way she does it. That- yeah, she comes in being her, like, usual, like, she's back to normal almost, you know, yep. way too sprightly for the situation mm. we're in, and then quickly, you know, devolves down to her. She's so, she's so volatile. Like yeah. one minute she's, oh, she's thank you, dear. in hushed voices asking June if she's okay, if Lawrence is mistreating her. And what's and then, with the wife. What's, and yeah. what's with the wife. Concerned and then, yeah. Yeah, so concerned. And then a moment later she's prodding her with a cow <laughs> <Yeah>. prodder. <laughs> June, you know, was caring towards her. So it, it emphasized Lydia's weakness there. It's sort of like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and June, yeah, June was showing her real kindness in that moment. Yeah. yeah. It happens again with Lawrence later when June sort of is kind to him and then he's, don't you talk about my wife. That's right. Yeah. How yeah. she asks how the wife is. Like there's moments yeah. of where she's kind of a confidant or she's... And they don't want her to cross that line. They yeah. want to keep her where they... She's not invited yeah, to yeah. be there. Yeah. If they invite her, it's okay. Sure. But if she assumes true, their relationship, then... But also that moment where he's like, don't you presume to you know, ask me about my wife. Clearly she touched a nerve there. Yeah. And it yeah. made me wonder how much... Mrs. Lawrence is playing a role of someone who's mentally disturbed mm. and how much she plays that for Commander Lawrence or not and how yep. much he's in on it. Because it strikes me that she's a little bit, you know, bipolar. Sometimes she's, she's quite in lucid that state and sometimes she's quite yeah. lucid. Cause yeah, we, during this. We see Martha her planting flower, a flower bed very mm-hmm. strategically at the end. She mm. knows what's going on. But yeah. also yeah. when Martha was in the basement, you know. We see her entertaining the it. guardians to distract them from what's happening in the basement. Yeah. So yeah. she's clued in when she wants to be. Mind you, when Lydia's there, she's When like, Lydia's there, go. she's, yeah, what? she's about to now? break as, down. As we all would. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe it's public facing sort of. Yes, I'm very interested if Lawrence is in on that. Or if she's playing Lawrence as well. Right, right. And that's his weak point. And that's his How's your wife? Yeah, it was was just an interesting moment. He's very touchy about his wife. The show has shown that, like, um, the women end up having the power, don't they? Mm. Mm. So that could be a fascinating twist. I think there's definitely going to be an interesting relationship between June and Mrs. Lawrence. Yeah, there is a story to be told there. There's something in this absolutely. Can I tell you about my favourite quote of this episode? Mm -hmm. Please. So it's when all the Marthas and June are in the kitchen trying to be like, we need to get Alison out of here right now, or at least June's saying that. Um, And uh, June says, Come on, Breaking Bad, let's go. And I actually didn't catch that the first time I watched. I watched the episode twice. It was only in the second time I was like, whoa, what? Mm -hmm. And that just like reminds you, if you had forgotten, this is hella contemporary. Like this is right now. And I had sort of forgotten a little bit and that brought me back and I was like, okay, that was not what I was expecting to hear at all, a reference to pop culture. Yeah, yeah Breaking yeah. Bad and references to dry cleaning and like Gilead is green, but yeah, like just yeah, kind of reminding yeah. you the world mm. that this is in, yeah, because it is so simple and yeah. you can think it's vintage or like, you know, it's set in the past or it's, yeah, it's not a contemporary story. Yeah, mm. <laughs> anyways, that just like had me burst out in a laugh because I was yeah, like, was of great. course. Yeah, yeah, I like Lawrence's, was everything all right with the ceremony anyway? Yep. 
aces. He's just spunky and like oh, whatever the stuff he's he said. Um, comment after the cattle prod, which was I wonder what, what the, the voltage is in those right. things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like you are a weird man. Yeah, yeah. yeah Josh Lyman. Uh, <laughs> it was so fascinating talking as we were about. Does June think she's going to get out of here alive? Because she has so much get up and go now. Like. She is here to make change. She says, I'm not afraid to work hard. Yeah. She's straight mm-hmm. in the kitchen. Yep. She's taking care of business. Yeah, like she's really getting on it. And I'm just convincing like. Convincing the commander to let her yeah. go. Convincing Risking. the Marthas to like yeah. let her come yeah. along. Yeah. yeah. like yeah. It's almost like she now realizes she almost got out. And it's like, well, if I'm going to stay, I'm not mucking around. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Time's a waste. Yeah, if I'm going to die here, I may as well do as much as I can yep. before yep. that happens. Yeah. Yep. There's more revealed about the world of the Marthas here because, they, you know, they have been in the shadows before quite yeah. strategically, but here you find out they're considered sinners as well. I mean, Beth has had her tubes tied, so that doesn't go down real well in Gilead no. land. And you see the world they're allowed to inhabit. It's pretty bleak, let's be real, but, you know, they get to go places that handmaids don't because, I mean, mind you, there's chemicals around, so <laughs> that's why handmaids aren't allowed there. Yeah, we're getting a bit more insight into other groups within Gilead. And... Yeah, Lawrence's house, as we've said, is a bit of a thoroughfare for... Yeah, I know, in and out people. Yeah, black market goods, people now. They're less pleased about that, but yeah, they've got a Martha who's a chemistry teacher who potentially can go make some more bombs. So they've got to get her wherever she's got to go deeper into the resistance. That scene in the basement where that Martha is, you know, dying, basically. Oh, my God. Like, it was it was so um, suspense-filled and I felt like yeah. I was really taken away during that five, ten minutes of video, whatever it was, and, and the way they shot it, because it was all handheld and the camera swinging, you know, looking up to the lights coming down and swinging all over the place, I was really swept away in that scene. Like, I was, they really engrossed me. It was how drama. They shot that. Yeah, it was great, great drama. Yeah. And so, so sad, of course, but... Yeah. Yeah, she wasn't going to make it. So June had said that she wasn't afraid to work hard. Don't think she thought she was going to be digging, <laughs> digging, a, digging a, a grave. <laughs> With her hands. With her hands. Yeah. Well, she got better get a shovel. Yeah. <laughs> and in cold ground too. Like that is, you know, cold mm, dirt. Yeah. Not easy. Yeah, yeah, In yeah. Canada. And she's, <laughs> also, she's also proving a lot in that scene. She's proving to Beth and Cora, even though Cora leaves at the end of this episode, that she can work hard and that she can take control of the situation because she manages that whole scene yeah, in the basement yeah. and basically saves them all. She's the leader. That gets you brownie points with your Martha. <laughs> yeah, in the scene when she's burying the dead Martha, she's proving something to Commander Lawrence. You know, we don't quite know what yet, but she's kind of proving that she has that kind of strength in her and that she's willing to do things that, you know, maybe the Marthas aren't. She's got her hands dirty. Yeah. Like, was he actually thing. testing her? Like, because he called... The Martha away, so she was on her own. Yeah, left yeah exactly. That was like, kind of... Yeah. 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 Everyone's sizing I, it, each other up in this episode. It didn't quite strike me as the kind of punishment that Fred would dole out just for the sake of punishing her. It, it sort of struck me as a bit more of a test to kind of prove her worth in that household. Mm. I think she passed. I also <laughs> think she's with flying colours. Yeah. <laughs> I also noticed that the um, Martha who died... She looks like she's of South Asian origin. As a woman of South Asian origin myself, I really notice that because you don't really see brown women in mm-hmm. Gilead at all. And, you know, North America has a very sizable South Asian population. So I was just like, ah, oh, one of my girls. And mm-hmm. she's dying sad. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. And when June does shuffle Alison, the, the chemistry teacher, yeah. out, she's saying, you know, she knew what could happen. We all did. Yeah. Don't let this be for nothing. So, you know, June's well aware of the stakes that she's playing with now. But then 
This circles back to Lawrence's scene with June earlier on where, you know, she's saying, well, you helped Emily, you didn't know me, etc." He's asking, did you even know who this woman was that mm-hmm. you've risked everything for bringing into my house? Yeah. And then he has women the line like of, like, you, women like you are like, like children. Children. Asking for too much, taking whatever you want, damn the consequences. And damning the consequences. Mm-hmm. Nice, Lawrence. I'm sorry, sir. I bet you are. He's so interesting because wasn't he the architect of the colonies? Yes. Mm. Yeah. But we've sort of been led to believe that because his house is so different to the Waterford house that he's that he's a bit different. Does mm. he have regrets? Was he just the guy that came up with a really bad idea and now wishes he really didn't? But I think that line showed such shades of Gilead in him and it's like, oh, okay, he does belong. He so does he, belong he, here. Yeah, yeah right. Well, yeah. as it happens in our next episode, we will have a Bradley Whitford interview. Oh, my goodness. Oh goodness. I can't Amazing. wait to hear that. Oh, yeah. To be clear, it was you who interviewed him. <laughs> he did not have the pleasure of being there. True. I was on set. I don't know if I told you. <laughs> I was yeah. in the house. <laughs> you have. <laughs> well, as we mentioned, like the wrapping up of that episode is burying of the Martha. And the next morning, Mrs. Lawrence is planting flowers. Flowers. Yeah. To Which is nice. Disguise I mean, the evidence. Well, Yes, that too. Yes, yes. But it's also, <laughs> but also she's you know, putting flowers outside. on her grave. Yeah, sure. It's not just a ditch. Oh, yes, yeah. true. <laughs> I thought yeah. that was sweet. That's true. You Sorry, know. I just literally thought of hiding the evidence. <laughs> yeah, me too. That's not how thought, my mind you know, works. Serving two purposes. <laughs> Winter is not a great time to be planting. Yeah, it's actually, know? it's a bit weird. It's very conspicuous to be doing that. Yeah. Well, it is a very wifely thing to do with uh, orchids in the roses. Let's not start on the roses. Um, <laughs> but also it hooks back to the opening monologue about seeds and this. Oh. planting at the very end, so it's a nice little top and tail. Oh, goodness, I did not catch that. Yeah, and the wonderful obsession all the wives have with planting. With planting and yeah, they're all it's the only in, vocation they can have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right. Speaking of seeds and connections, very much a part of this episode as well is what's going on in Canada. Um, yeah. Luke. I'm so pleased. This is what I wanted yeah. to have happen. You I really wanted it. him to be the dad to June's baby because it's the... It's a part of him that died as well because he hasn't seen his daughter since. And I, the whole time I'm thinking, all those flashbacks, he was such a great dad. He was so yeah. involved. Yeah. And um, so I was really hoping that baby Nicole would end up coming his way. And yeah. so yeah. I am so pleased. He's so struggling he was, now. <laughs> yes. But he gets there in the end thanks to a yeah. really brilliant middle-of-the-night speech from Moira, which that's good. It's yeah. so good. Moira is great in this. Like, Moira's helping everyone else. Who's helping Moira? But she kind of nods to that. She's like, we've all got our shit. And yeah. she says it to the baby. What, what, what's the line? I want to be next to something pretty or something. Yeah, yeah, she does. <laughs> but it's like, we've all got our fucking shit. Oh, we're all fucked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the yeah. things that babies hear, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was a nice the way you swearing at the baby. But also on Luke being a good dad, remember they were going to try again for a second when mm. Gilead started to fall? The, That's right. There was the day she was going to come off the pill again and... Yeah. yeah, so he never got to be that second oh. dad. So, oh, you know, God, obviously the first child is not in his life at the moment, but, yeah, he gets but, the Oh, chance. my God, the mixed emotions he must have about oh. that baby because he doesn't know that it's Nick's baby. He doesn't yeah. know that Nick, or he doesn't know Nick exists. But um, yeah, as far as he's concerned, that's, that's the commander's he's, baby. He's and, looking for June in the baby's yeah. face. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, that yeah. must yeah. be that's part of the reason it, why. That's his way through. And no bushy yeah. eyebrows. On that baby. Hilarious. She's all June. But, yeah, I'm finding the Luke storyline, like, that's bringing out the waterworks for me. Mm-hmm. Like, and back in 
the first episode when he sees a picture of Hannah now and he's like, mm. she's so big, mm. she's so big. Yeah, that was sad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Luke. Anyway, so I'm really pleased that by the end of episode two he looks like he's getting it mm. together. He gets there, yeah, and he's... Funny with Emily as well because she represents June. Again, like their stories are intertwined mm. so much. To him, Emily might as well be June and he's fearful that if June comes back she won't seek him out because Emily's not doing that with her wife and child. Yeah. She's feeling really isolated. Like, you know, we've talked about this all about the connections happening within Gilead this episode, but in contrast to that, Emily is not connecting with anyone. There is no network she can call on. Mm-hmm. You know, she's shot in isolation. It's very cold and bleak. And the optometrist test, the old yeah, better or worse, is, uh, <laughs> that was great. sets off an existential crisis in her. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. is just such boring everyday life and how jarring that must be for her. Yeah. And, yeah, and that optometrist test. <laughs> and being told she had high cholesterol, like the yeah. most mundane thing that <laughs> yeah. she needs to worry yeah. about now. Like this woman has spent months in the colonies with, like, radiation all yeah. around her. She's and the worst, she's, she's, the worst yeah. she's come away with is some high cholesterol. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when? That's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Oh, bliss. Well, I mean, it's a wonderful moment when she steps out of the optometrist and decides that that's the moment that she will call her wife and reconnect. Yeah. And that's how the episode ends. Yeah, it, it is. With the, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a drone shot. Maybe your fucking car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's Which is connecting back with the world. It just happens to be road rage, but and it's the reaction that you want her to have. Like I was fearing that she would call her up, and who knows where she would be. Maybe she'd have a new partner, and mm. who knows. But she like still that's, might. that's well, she might. Yeah. yeah, but that's the reaction that you want to happen is just for it to stop that her whole world. Yeah. yeah, it was good. Yeah, And, and like, a hopeful one. It was, yeah. And like it literally stopped traffic. It was. <laughs> um, Clea Duvall is a great actress as well. She plays Emily's partner, of course. So hopefully we do see some scenes with them reconnecting and she's been great in the last season of Veep. It's just oh my God, I can't well. help but always think of her character <laughs> yeah. in Veep every time I see her. I'm like, that's the Veep woman. Yeah, yeah. No, she's brilliant. I'm really hoping that we do see more Emily. Like I really enjoyed that sort of reintegration part. But like I don't know where her storyline's going. I hope it continues. Like, yeah, I hope we keep seeing her and Luke and Moira. Mm. I think we will. I think so, yeah. Like, yeah, I think we're... The fact that they've been so prominent in these early yeah. episodes as well and you see the seeds in Gilead and then like, yeah. things are going to happen in They're going to band Canada. together and work in Canada. Yeah, to... and like there's a baby out, <laughs> out mm. there now. So yeah. it's, yeah. Well, one thing um, about this episode was not what we saw but what we didn't see and we didn't see Fred or Serena. I didn't realise that until... Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. I miss them. <laughs> I, I want their madness Last we saw them all getting bundled in a car with Nick And, and going yeah. off to wherever, we don't know There's no Waterford household anymore I'm thinking actually in the trailer There were some shots of Serena and Fred and June In Washington, at Washington yeah, Square So perhaps the Waterford household is going to move to Washington Well, Who June's knows? not in the Waterford household anymore She's not, yeah well, that's true At the moment Yeah, that's how do they all come together and in front of the Lincoln Memorial? <laughs> yeah so hopefully they'll be back for episode three then. We'll find out yes. what Serena's up to. Mm. Because she is damaged. I don't think we talked about that. She clearly, yeah. yeah, that losing the finger has really sort of done some emotional damage to her. Like she's traumatised and it feels like, it feels like so far she's done. She's mm. over yeah. it. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Well, she's burned her house down. down. <laughs> feeling yeah. good. So. <laughs> well, because the finger, of course, came after she tried to get girls to read. So yeah. Eden's only yeah, just yeah. died. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness, I forgot about poor yeah. Eden. You know what yeah. about Eden? We didn't really know her value last year and I didn't. Yeah. And that scene when 
Fred was coming home from hospital and all the women in the household were waiting for him oh, in the yes, doorway. And it was like, we had this thing where we said like, he is the most ineffectual person in that household, but he's coming back to rule it because like, I think it was like Serena is smarter, June is stronger, Rita was more capable and we're like, and what does Enan do? And we're like, yeah, what does <laughs> yeah. she do? She was the most religious. She was the most devout of mm. all of them. And I was mm. like, oh, that's what her that's what her power was. That's how she was better than Fred. And then we all felt horribly guilty. Right, <laughs> well, yeah, we, we all assumed, she yeah. Oh, who's evil. this little snippy little goody <laughs> doochie? <yeah. laughs> I know, showed us. Um, you brought up religion. I mean, June prays at various points here throughout these two episodes. After yeah. burying the Martha, the yes. one who died. Which... At the same point, she did that last season as well at the yeah. Boston Globe mm. where she did the memorial at the end yeah, of season two. Right. So there's a bit that's of nice. echoing of the and other. And there's that really kind of almost spiritual moment when she's leaving the Watford household as it's burning down and she says she says a line from the Bible which yeah. I didn't recognise. Oh, but... What did she say? Lord Jesus, be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. In flaming fire thou shalt take vengeance. I'm always a little um, surprised when she goes to clasp her hands and pray because I'm like, wow, if there was a situation that would make you lose your faith in humanity <laughs> and God and goodness. I don't know. She has mentioned going to church before and yeah. she just sees people misappropriating her religion, I think. Yeah. So it doesn't make her lose her faith necessarily. Yeah. She's got not a lot else going on. So yeah. like people do And know, it's a comfort thing as well, in. I suppose. You know. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. doubt she's got faith, but... And, yeah. and credit to the writers of the show, it would be so easy to demonise religion mm. Mm. in this in this series and the fact that they make it more complicated <laughs> and at different points throughout kind of show that there are still people of faith who are good and doing good things yeah. and that fundamentalism is very different to yeah. religion. Can't help, yeah. me, make, can't help yeah. me think of how Islam is portrayed in, in the media a little bit. You know, there's definitely the crazies yeah, and then there's everyone else. Yeah, that has that nuance is, is really fantastic. Yeah, and it shows up the hypocrisy of the... God botherers, you know, the, the public face of Gilead is mm-hmm. so pious and, yeah, pious little shits, as June calls them. So, yeah, <laughs> that don't hold true at all with yeah, what's going yeah. on. So, yeah, I think they handle the idea of faith very well. And you're right, it could be very easy to to just make mm. everyone anti-religion. Yeah. You know, who, who is affected, but no, yeah. it is a lot more difficult. So I think that's everything in the first two episodes at least. Do we have predictions of episode oh, three? <laughs> Sana, predictions yeah. for episode three. Oh, I don't know. It's too early to, I mean, hopefully the revolution keeps kicking off and getting better and better and we see the downfall of Gilead. I have no idea. It's a bit, it's a, I'm, I'm feeling it's a bit early for me to have a grasp on what's next. Fair but. enough. Natalie? I'm so bad at predicting this show. <laughs> they always go way Doesn't fat, stop us I, doing it. Yeah. I'm kind of excited by episode three of Game of Thrones this season, something really, really big happened. And I'm wondering in this <laughs> season of Handmaid's Tale, when is that really, really big thing going to happen? I think last season was when they actually blew up the Red mm. Centre. I mm. don't remember what episode that was, but it feels like it was a bit later on in the season. Yeah, I think yeah, it was so. in the mid, yeah. But this episode had June with such momentum, you know, like yeah. she had already left the house. She had already donned on a different outfit. Someone has died, like... It feels like <laughs> things are moving quickly. So I've got high hopes. I'm hoping there's some big drama. Fingers crossed. Haiti? Uh, I'm interested to see how the Waterfords are going to involve themselves in June's life again because June doesn't really have the agency to contact them. Is it going to be Fred knocking at the door? 
coming after her or is it going to be Serena? I think it'll probably be Fred because he had the opportunity to dob her in and get her hung in episode one when she returned to the Waterford's household. But instead he protected all three of them. And in a way to protect him. In, in a way to protect himself. <laughs> mm. But he clearly still has interest in June for whatever reason. And she is still her access point to well, Hannah. Because he thinks the child is his. And he thinks the child is She's his. She's the mother so. of his child. In yeah, life. so. And does he, he always really like her oh, as well. actually, Good point. Does he? Uh, there, <laughs> he the, knows it's, it's, it's a bit ambiguous because there was a point where during an argument, was it Serena told him, mm. you know, oh, you know, right. you know that child isn't yours or something, and yeah. whether he took that as truth or okay. Well, he feels ownership over the child, and so that's yeah, yeah. I mean, everything in his household is, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. he is quite deluded. But yeah, yeah. my prediction is that Fred's going to come knocking back on the door mm. yeah. of, of June's life and somehow get her involved in his life again. Yeah. Well, uh, to touch on some of these points, we are going to have Joseph Fiennes on the show and Von Strahovski on the show uh, <laughs> with some interviews coming up. So Ooh. maybe they can get started. I cannot <laughs> wait to hear those. <laughs> yes. And what's your prediction, Fiona? Um, are you allowed to make one? I, oh, I, yeah, I, I didn't write the show. I don't know literally everything that's going to happen, but you're right. I think we've had a Commander Lawrence episode. We're probably going to find out. All we've seen is them get off in the van or in a car and go somewhere. So I think we need to fill in the blanks there. They don't have a house anymore, so they've got to go somewhere. So, yeah, I think we might have a Fred and Serena one next with a bit of Nick, Sana. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be holding out for that. Yes. But we don't have to wait all that long because there is the third episode available at SBS On Demand right now. So go and watch it and then come back because we're going to recap. We're going to go watch it and come back <laughs> and talk about it in our next episode. If you choose to watch it on TV, there will be double episodes next week with episode three and four. So you can be all caught up there and then. Uh, so if you can't wait, go to SBS On Demand for episode three. If you can, wait a week, watch episodes three and four together on SBS Thursday nights at 8.30. Okay, so that happened. Thank you for listening and we hope that helped. It's weird but great to be back together doing oh, this. It's wonderful. Um, so thank you to my co-hosts, Sana, Natalie, Heidi and mini Heidi, whose name <laughs> is? She's called Greta. Greta. She has been very well behaved throughout, maybe just say. <laughs> Cute little coos the way. Yes. All the way through. So Eyes on Gilead is produced by myself and audio editing, mixing and producing by Jeremy Wilmot. We love hearing your comments about this show and uh, about this podcast. So feel free to leave feedback and give us a rating wherever you get your podcasts from. You can reach out on Twitter. Use the hashtag Eyes on Gilead. You can find me on Twitter at anything but Fifi. Sana, where can we find you? At Sana underscore Kadar, Q-A-D-A-R. Natalie, how do we find you on Twitter? At Natalie Hambly, all one word. And Heidi, any updates on the Twitter? I've decided to rejoin the Twitter community. (laughs) (laughs) And you can find me at Haiti Island. That's H-A-I-D-E-E, Island, like the country. And Greta, has she uh, got a Twitter account yet? Uh, No, she's got to wait until she's at least six months old before I let her have one. (laughs) If you're looking for other podcasts to listen to, you should subscribe to The Few Who Do. Presented by Jan Fran and Mark Fennell, The Few Who Do tackles the big questions in society and culture today. And because there's often more than one approach to the biggest problems, Mark and Jan identify two possibilities and get to know the people behind these ideas. A special episode this week explores unique ways to confront the national emergency of violence against women. Mark and Jan meet someone who used a personal tragedy to co-found an organisation that supports women in violent relationships by providing them with the economic freedom to leave, and someone else who developed an app 
that documents the incidences of sexual harassment and assault in public spaces, a kind of a Google Maps for street harassment. The Few Who Do is available wherever you get your podcasts. For more Handmaid's coverage, head to SBS Guide, where I'm doing some episode recaps because I just can't stop talking about this show. And we've got some recommendations for other things to watch as you await the next episode of The Handmaid's Tale. Speaking of which, new episodes are available every Thursday on SBS and at SBS On Demand. And if you haven't caught up on season two, you should go do that. That is a box set. Season two of The Handmaid's Tale is available to stream at SBS On Demand, but for a limited time. So good luck binging all that. You don't own me. I'm not your property. So take your dirty buildings, thinking off me. But nobody's talking about happily ever after. Just after. Until next time, don't let the bastards grind you down.